Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, the podcast that exists to help you clarify your message and grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller, and I'm here with my co-host, JJ Peterson. Hi, Don. I can't believe it's episode seven, the final episode of the first season. We did it. Of the Building a Story Brand podcast. We did it. We say we did it. Well, we didn't. But we really showed up. (laughs) We showed up to talking to a microphone. We have a producer named Tim Schur. Who did who nothing, is... and thank you. We are just, we really did this all by ourselves. We literally stood behind him the whole time and said, well, yeah. press this button. Yeah. yeah. We record about six hours of me and JJ talking for every <laughs> podcast and get it down to a 12-minute introduction, and that's because of Tim Schur. Yes, you're welcome, America. First season, amazing. Michael Hyatt opened us up. If yeah. you haven't uh, heard that interview, he lets us know who your customer is. That's the first part of the StoryBrand framework. Know who your customer is. Treat them like the hero. Mike McHarg, Science Mike, one of the smartest guys I know, talked about if you don't define your customer's problem, you're not engaging them in a story. Dave Ramsey talked about playing the guide, being Yoda to your Luke Skywalker customer. Claire Diaz-Ortiz was in there talking about how you have to give your customer a plan. They're looking for a plan that that will make their life better. And then we we flew to Jacksonville, Florida and interviewed one of the world's leading guys who create infomercials, Jonathan Davis, and talked about you got to close the deal. You have to call people to action. And then uh, Ray Edwards on how to write great sales copy and help your people avoid pain. You could really grow your business just listening to this first season. I loved it. I loved listening to every single one of them. And the, my favorite thing is all these people are just amazing, good people. Well, we've loved doing Our goal is always to help you grow your business and clarify your message. We have a wonderful seventh episode for you today. But before we get to it, I want to tell you about the 5-Minute Marketing Makeover. If you go to 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com, you can spell it out or use the number 5, 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. We've got a free resource for you that's going to help you clarify your message. If you've listened to the StoryBrand podcast, if you know about StoryBrand, what we believe is that if you have a clear message, you will move ahead of the competition and grow your business. A lot of us have great products. We've got great people working for us. We have processes to get those products to market. Everything seems to be ticking, but the business isn't growing. Your problem is positioning. You're not saying it right. JJ, you've worked with a ton of clients, and you've seen this, and I've seen this over and over. And to me, I almost feel like uh, it can't be this easy, yeah, right? Yeah. It can't be this easy to grow your company. But if you have a confusing message and nobody can figure out what you're doing, uh, it doesn't work. And you've worked, you and I have both worked with over a thousand companies. But tell me a little bit about why this is important. Well, so many times you go to somebody's website or you go to their marketing material and it does not reflect what they do. They think it does, but they've lacked focus. And so they're going kind of all over the place and just, you go to a page that sells shoes and there's a picture of a mountain. And <laughs> we see that, we did over, what is the deal with people, pictures of landscapes? Are yeah. you selling a mountain? Are you selling a mountain? Are you selling <laughs> property in Montana? Yeah. But just if you're selling shoes, let people know you sell shoes. And <laughs> the idea here is that what we say is not always what people hear. And so StoryBrand comes in and says, here's what you think you're saying, and here's what you're actually saying. And here's how to focus that message. And we help you figure out a message. If you say this, then you're going to see an uptick in business. Yep. We've seen a lot of businesses, of course, grow, but we've even seen businesses double and even quadruple their revenue after they fix their messaging. If you haven't worked on your messaging, it may be the final piece to growing your business. Go to 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. I've got three 5-minute videos. They're going to help you clarify your message. 
If you haven't worked on this, get to it. Go to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com or you can just email me at makeover at storybrand.com and we will email you a link to those videos. It's well worth your time. Yeah. JJ, <laughs> this is an incredible episode. <laughs> this might be the best interview of the entire first season. Uh, I, and that's saying a lot. I was so excited about this interview. I am... Um, I think everybody who knows me knows me that knows that I have always wanted to be an Olympian. Like it's pretty obvious when you look at me. What would your sport be? Curling. Are you being serious right now? Yes, I want to be in the Olympics. But it's do you my last understand chance. curling? Yes. Do you know how to play? Oh yeah, I stay. Have you done it? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Actually, uh, you are leading us on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's the thing. I really do. It's my one hope. I did join the Southern California Curling Association. Oh that my exists. gosh, it exists. that exists. However, and you joined it. Was I that joined a it. Joke? Were you doing it to be ironic? No, did you lose a no. Bet? I really want to go to the Olympics, and it's my last shot. And you can still do it. Curling, why not? It's bocce ball on ice. I can do this. But I joined the association, and basically what they did is they just met in bars and watched curling. Oh. So I never actually got to go. You didn't get the training. So I have never actually curled. Yeah. Um, What do you think, though, of this idea of having this hope that there is an Olympian curler inside you? And just living with that for the rest of your life and never actually finding out that you're just not going to be good at it. What, that's always a trade-off, right? Yeah, but I I just already know I'm good at it, so I don't need to prove it. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm really good at bocce ball. I'm fairly good at bowling. I would be really good at curling. You're actually quite an athletic guy. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, like I've seen you play basketball. You can like you can drain a three. It's well, it's, 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 it's guilty. It's, it's, guilty. But, <laughs> yeah, but really, my ultimate dream is curling, and um, I've always I love the Olympics. I love Summer Olympics. I love Winter Olympics. When it comes on, I. I you just expect when the Olympics are here, I will be calling in sick to work because I love them, and I will be. This is this is the honest to goodness truth. I'm not making this up for the podcast. A huge part of that of the reason why I'm a huge Olympic fan is Scott Hamilton. So give me your Scott Hamilton story because you came on staff. You finished your PhD. You yes. come on staff at StoryBrand. You're helping people clarify their message and yes. their story. And one of your first assignments <laughs> yes. is Scott Hamilton because yes. Scott. We looked at Scott's brand. Scott came in. We looked at his brand. And, uh, you know, it, it was Scott Cares was his cancer foundation. And then he spoke in corporate settings about overcoming uh, challenges. He's overcome cancer twice and yeah. overcome a lot more than that to become yeah. an Olympic athlete. And we just thought that's not the big message for Scott. The big message for Scott is here's a guy who knows how to finish first. Yeah. Here's a guy who knows how to win. And when we get, began exploring with him this idea of how to win, he I mean, I couldn't believe what was yeah. coming out of this guy's mouth. It was gold. And so we step in, yeah. and you become lead on this project to <laughs> <Yeah>. help your... <laughs> so idol. what was it I like? I mean, idol. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, if there is, like, I... What, what I'm, was it I'm like a little shaky a right now just fan. talking about him. I'm but, just a little shaky talking about him right you've now. you've got to guide I'm, this guy through, like, this I, life transition. Yeah, I hope he does not listen to this. Because <laughs> I think he might. I know. No, because he already knows I'm kind of... I kind of gush over him every time I see him anyway, because... You're just saying that. So, Olympic champion, world champion, undefeated over competition for four years straight. I mean, dude is driven. And nobody has done that since. And broadcaster, cancer survivor, humanitarian. Leading the charge with new cancer technology called proton therapy, uh, changing legislation in 
state houses and senates. I mean, really, yeah. just adopted I, was, two kids from Haiti, yeah. wonderful family, amazing wife. And the first time I met him, I know I'm going to be working with him, right? I know I'm going to be coaching him, and I could not help. I don't ever do this, but I was like, I have to have a picture with him. I have to have a picture. <laughs> and I like asked everybody on our staff, I was like, do you think it's okay if I have a picture with Scott Hamilton? You didn't ask me, I know. No, I know, I did not. <laughs> no, I would not do that. And I was just, I, because it, he's, uh, there's so many things. Another thing is because um, we're about the same height, and so that is another thing. That, Who's like, taller? I think he is a little bit, I think, <laughs> as are most people in my world. And so, like, there's just, he's about my height. He's, like, overcome so much. And uh, and then to meet him and find out, like, just how great of a person he actually yeah. is. And have been able and to... And humble kind of, and unassuming. We just described somebody that everybody probably would think is arrogant. Yeah. It, what surprised me about Scott is, you know, I've known him for years. And we, we traveled to Haiti together and... and uh, when we started talking about what it takes to win, I saw this lion inside this man, and everything yeah. suddenly made sense. This is why you're a champion, because you are you are just crazy driven. And I hope some of that energy comes off yeah. in this interview. Today's interview is really about the seventh bucket in the StoryBrand framework, which is success. And what that means, it doesn't mean you need to go out and be a winner, yeah. but what it means is in our marketing, we need to show people what their life can look like if they use our product or service. And so all the images on your website, in my opinion, should be about smiley, happy people using your product. Yep. Uh, you, sh you're, you should have bullet points on your website about what people's life can look like if they use your product. We have to show people success. And so one of the great things about Scott is his life has just been, and he's had challenges and hardships yeah. and failures and all this kind of stuff that he'll talk about he, in the interview. Yeah, he talks a lot about that, about the failures that led to his successes. Yeah, and so that's the principle that you want to learn in StoryBrand. But we thought the seventh episode, the final episode of the first season, we just wanted to give a gift to all of you, our listeners, and inspire you, motivate you to succeed in all the challenges that you're facing. And I can't think of a better way to do that than this interview with Scott Hamilton. Oh, can't wait. <sighs> all right. Here it Are is. You, do, I mean, you, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to listen to it again. I'm so, I was here when it happened, and I'm ready to listen to it again. So for our very final episode of season one of Building a Story Brand Podcast, here is Scott Hamilton. Scott, thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure. This Man. is fun. Yeah. And you and I know each other. We've known each other for a while, but you also came to a story brand workshop and mm -hmm. you guys are redoing your brand and figuring all sorts uh, of things out. Man, you pulled me out of a deadly situation for that TED Talk. <laughs> and I bring you this 30 oh, that's minute right. speech we did a and, TED it's talk. Like, and it's like, uh, let's start over. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start I, I got to set it for the <laughs> listeners. You had to give a TED Talk. TED Talks are 18 minutes. And you said, hey, Don, can I get a minute and just see how I can organize this mm -hmm. thing? Sure. You walk in, you've got a binder. You've got 800 pages of material. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't stop. And it was just like, you know, TED Talks are kind of important, you know? No, and I know no, I'm going to be on stage important. doing something. I'm, I'm stepping in unfamiliar territory. And it was kind of like, how am I going to do this? And so the talk that they, you know, I was really supposed to give, I was kind of resisting that for whatever reason. Yeah. And then you said, ah, don't resist that. Let's just dive it's in. It's a good talk. And yeah. it went great. It was really great. Thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think with 800 pages, you get about half a second per page on that book. That's the hard thing about anything. It's about, you know, any sort of communication. It's all about choosing. It's it's The geniuses know what to leave out, right? Yeah. We, yeah. we all want to leave everything. But that leads me to my next point. You are starting sort of a 
uh, second half of your career, if you will, or third half or fourth, fourth quarter act, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's really about making choices. There are a lot of things that you can do with your life. You've got the next 25 years of unbelievable opportunity, and you had to make some decisions about what you would focus on. And we talked about focusing on finishing first. I mean, if there's anything that you know how to do that you can teach to other people, it's teach them how to finish first. Well, it, it's kind of, you know, one of those hot topics now. You know, you see the commercial of the guy that, you know, pulls the trophy. He's with his son and he goes, they didn't lose a game. And it's a participation trophy. Right, right. And he rips the thing off and he writes champs. He goes, here you go, boy. And it, it's But we kind do of, live in a culture that you get a you get a, a trophy for finishing ninth place in a soccer tournament. Right? But it's so destructive. Yeah. You know, I mean. Explain why it's the, destructive. Well, the greatest, the greatest way to win is to really understand losing. Okay. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, I, I feel like I should be a winner. No, but <laughs> really, we're all. I mean, every, I contend with that point. I've been we all hang all on to life. our losses, right? We all hang on to our losses. It's right, you know painful. Right. You know, like I look back on you know the, the perfect shows, right? You know, the shows that I had or the perfect competitions, and they're they're not nearly as interesting as the disasters, mm. right? So we tend, I think, as people, we tend to hang on to our failures, right? But when I look back on the different moments in my life that allowed everything else to happen you know every one of the victories okay we could talk about you know that kind of golden period you know from yeah. um 80 to 84 um you know it's so much humiliation and loss went into that you know it's like by the time you get done losing enough right you're not afraid of it anymore mm. it's like what's the worst thing that happened well i've done that a lot so let's just do something else let's just be successful right um you know one of the most amazing things my my agent said to me one time years ago i said i want to do this video thing and he goes oh yeah i'm your guy I, i've screwed up more video deals than anybody else so i know where the mistakes are i know where the pitfalls are and wow. i thought that was brilliant yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. and I, I another guy mentioned that this week in a meeting he goes oh yeah he goes I've met, he was a banker. He goes, I messed it up. I messed up plenty of deals. I'm your guy. <laughs> you know, I can walk That's you through awesome. this. So in order to be successful, I think you have to truly understand, you know, loss. Yeah. And, and it's not just about And not be afraid out. of it. No. I mean, you know, even Superman lost a few times, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. and he's invincible, but you know, it's, it's embracing that, that experience and understanding it that allows you to move forward and, and figure out a way to be successful. I remember once, tell me if this is accurate. I was learning how to ski for the first time on the bunny slopes an hour with an instructor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just couldn't get it. Yeah. And then finally, I just said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to I'm gonna bomb right now. I'm just going to have the... I'm going to go down Get it hard. over with. Yeah, just get it over with. And I stood up, and after that, I could ski. Yeah. It, it, it's, there's something about that to life, right? Like, there is. I mean, the first know... thing at, at the Skating Academy, the first thing we teach anyone coming in, no matter how old they are, no matter what, we teach them how to fall, and we teach them how to get up. That's the first thing you learn in skating. Yeah. The very first thing is you're going to fall. Right. And you know what a, a, a cool metaphor. I mean, we all screw up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And we all kind of like, oh, I didn't wish I didn't do that. I just uh, wish I could, you know, why, why, I wish that would just go away. But no, 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 no. You kind of hang on to that because it's a good reference point for everything else that you want to do well. Is the key to becoming a champion, one of the many, uh, recovering well the attitude you have after you fall definitely but i think there's a there's there's a few factors to it one yeah. is um you know just work ethic and and you know really showing up every day another another huge aspect of it is um luck you know there, there right place a, right time there's a great deal of luck you know i, I look back on uh, my timing you know for that, that four-year period you know which i'll refer to a lot you know but um you know what came before me and what came after me was so unbelievable mm. that those four years 
were meant to be mine, right? Wow. So, and those four years allowed everything else in my life to kind of happen. Well, listen, you're working on this book, Finish First, and it's, I can't wait. And I'm uh, excited, you've yeah. got about 10 or 12 things that you've outlined. And, and what I love about it, it's not how to win, and Finish First is the same as win, but it's really about eyeing your competition and beating them. I mean, finishing first is a different mentality than uh, being a winner or trying your best. It's not trying your best. Finish first yeah. is not true. It's better than your best. I mean, you're really going to have to pull something out of you in order to, it's true. to get to this. And you've got 10 or 12 things. We don't have time to talk about all, and people are going to have to buy the book in order to know. But some of them are kind of fascinating to me. One of them is just as practical and applicable to anybody in any profession Outwork everybody. Outwork everybody. And that's scary. Hard work, discipline, sacrifice. These are all things that people think it takes. Yeah. Kind of all it really is, is commitment and repetition. Mm. It's showing up every day. You know, when I when I was learning how to skate, I had the right body. I had the right, you know, muscle twitch. I had all that stuff. I, I had no idea how to train. I didn't like compulsory figures. I didn't, you know, I didn't do all the basic stuff that allowed the other stuff to happen. And, you know, one day I just, I woke up and my mother was gone. And she'd sacrificed everything to keep me in skating. And so it sort of awakened she in me. She passed from, she died of cancer and, and she was the center of my universe. So mm. she sacrificed everything for my skating and I was an underachiever. And I just decided that morning that I lost her, that I was going to be everything that she thought I could be and that nothing was going to hold me back anymore. And so I learned how to be accountable to myself and her. You know, as she was there right with me every single day in spirit. And every day I'd show up and I'd just work a little harder. I'd work, I was more ambitious. I just, I was the first one on, last one off type of thing. Yeah. And that just, I mean, the, the benefits of that just alone, of being the first one on, the last one off, of, you know, when I got tired at the end of a run through, and I'd think of her and I would just power through the last minute. All of a sudden I have better lung capacity. I have strong, I'm stronger at the end of the program. I wanted to do all the, you know, I was just, I got hungry hmm. and, you know, I outwork everyone. And that's, that's personal choices. What the greatest days of my amateur skating career was when I found out that this kid that had 50 times more talent than me fell in love with pot. It was the greatest day of my life because <laughs> He's I, out of the race. No, because, yeah. I mean, I figured right then I go, got him. Yeah. You know, he's way better than I'll ever be. I, I look at this wow. kid and I just, I'd see the effortless, you know, perfect edge quality, could do anything, rotate in the air as long as he wanted to. He could do anything he wanted, but he just made that that choice, that decision that he liked doing this more than he liked doing that. And I figured I got him. Is He'll never be me. Is there something healthy to us, even in business, about... Every once in a while, I think I wonder what my competition is doing right now. They're probably working. They're probably getting. Well, how do you that gauge yourself there. without that? Yeah. Know, how do you gauge yourself? How do you where where do you set the bar if you don't know what your competition is doing? Yeah, you know. And I, for me, the only way for me to break through because it was pretty competitive at that time was the threshold was you know everybody was doing up to like triple loop. Okay, so like different takeoffs of skating. Well, I wanted to do triple lots, and hmm. so I sacrificed my right hip for triple lots because I'd always come down a quarter turn short and I'd crash on my hip. Finally, I had, um, it was swollen from just above my knee to above my waist, right? It was swollen that much. Because you keep hammering it. Because I keep kept hammering it. it. And so finally, um, it developed a cyst. I had to have a surgery on it. And the where, where the surgery took place, it hurt so bad, I had to learn how not to fall on that hip anymore. Wow. And I got the jump. I mean, from that sacrifice, I got the jump and I was the first one to do it in short program in the world, hmm. right? And then from then on, it was like I was taken seriously because I had something maybe that they didn't. 
And I had the ability, and all of a sudden they saw the promise of it. And so they bought in, you know, but it was, it all came down to, I think I've given a part of my body to every jump that I ever had to learn. Wow. And, and it's just, you know, what are you going to sacrifice? What are you going to, how are you going to, how are you going to outwork everybody? How are you going to do it? And a lot of it comes with just being present, showing up every day. And the other part of it is just figuring out, you know, where your weaknesses are and getting past them. And that's comforting for a lot of folks who feel like, well, I don't quite have the talent, don't quite have the resources. No, You've got the work ethic. I mean, you, everybody the, can have the work ethic Why if do they want people it. love to watch the Olympics? It's Be- the, yeah, it's the epitome of, of countless hours. Of- but you're inspired by it. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's so great to see people doing something that they never thought they could do. You know, the, that's the dream. You know, and all the well, they're great athletes, they're elite, blah, blah, blah. But they started from nothing. You see the pictures of those little kids and they're on the ski slopes and they're just tipping over, you know, yeah, just like yeah. here, boom. <laughs> and then, you know, then you see what they become. And all of that just, it's a hard work, sacrifice, determination. It's showing up. It's yeah. just showing up and, and just trying to figure out where your weaknesses are and just sort of chipping away at those to, to you know, kind of hone yourself to be better than you've ever been. You know? Right. Principle one, outwork everybody. You've got another pr- principle here that I like, and it's nostalgia is expensive. Yeah. It costs you something. What does that mean? My parents bought a Mustang in 1965 for $2,000. Why are they selling for thirty dollars or forty dollars or $50,000 now? Mm, yeah. Nostalgia is expensive. Mm. You know, to kind of go back and try to relive who you were. That's why I think Facebook is kind of dangerous. You know, mm. all of a sudden, I went on Facebook. I, I set up an account because it seemed like the thing to do. And I'm bling, 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 bling. I'm hearing from people I haven't seen in 20 years. I'm like... There's a reason I haven't seen them in 20 years. All right, my I've moved on, right? So why are we now being like forced into this thing of oh this? Well, I remember that. That was really kind of I remember who I was back then. You know, I had a mullet. You know, da, da, da. you start thinking, you start regressing. Yeah, and and it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, in anything you do, whether it be in your business or, don't you know who I was? Don't you remember? It's like no, no, no. Where are you right now? Mm-hmm. And where where do you want to go? And where are you going? I love the idea of, of a race car driver that gets in a car and he just pulls off their rearview mirrors. I don't care. I'm yeah. not going that way. Yeah. I don't care what's behind me. I'm not me. looking to see who's coming up on my tail. I'm going to make sure I just keep going and going and going and let them catch up to me, but I don't want to know where they are. I'm just going to keep looking ahead. Yeah, and that's, you know, that. nostalgia, it's, it's very expensive. It, it costs you. It, it comes at great personal cost. Mm. Well, another principle, the only disability is a bad attitude. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I sat down um, recently with um, the commissioner of the NHL, who I've known since he took office. He goes, how, how are you still, like after all these years, you know, because I, you know, I, I competed to 84 and then I stopped performing in 2001 big and then 2004 officially. He goes, well, how are you still like able to, you know, stay? You know, I go, people like me. <laughs> they do right people are nice to me so i'm nice back it's easy you know I, I put out kindness and they and they they return it or you know i mean it's just an easy interchange you know when people want to touch your heart just for a second to open up wide and just let them let them in you know and i and i thought about that and i said likable you know i to be likable to be um to rise above of whatever your challenges are like I'm I'm a short, bald, half neutered, chemoed, radiated, surgically repaired, retired male <laughs> figure skater of unknown ethnic origin. Okay, that's a lot of crummy stuff, right? <laughs> but it works for me, you yeah. know. It really does. So yeah. I look back on kids that I met when I was um, judging this uh, scholarship program for Discover Card, and 
um, one of their the criteria for the scholarship program was obstacles overcome. Hmm. And when I tell you this, some of these kids that I met, hmm. a little girl that um, she's in a, a, a car with some of her friends, and she's junior in high school, student athlete, gorgeous, um, hit by a drunk driver, paralyzed from the waist down. Right after she gets out of the hospital, she starts a, a Students Against Drunk Driving program. Mm. She's proactive. A, a boy who, as a, as a baby, was burned over 85% of his body in another car accident, right? Burned, no ears, no nose, mm. no fingers. Um, you know, disfigurement was profound. You're with this guy 15 seconds, and it all goes away because he's the most charismatic, mm -hmm. um, positive, engaging person you'd ever met president of his junior class in high wow. school and 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 it burned i mean he wants to hammer nails on a on a on a, a mission trip and he doesn't have any fingers and he figures it out i mean these are the people that inspire me these are the ones that look beyond what you would be a nightmare for anybody else and they just go no i'm gonna keep going i'm i'm, I'm loving my life i'm just gonna i'm gonna achieve and i'm gonna do things and their attitude is contagious and it makes yeah. it just makes you go, I want to be like you. <laughs> you know, it's like so bad attitudes, you know, you see people every day that are blessed beyond their, you know, any your wildest imagination. What's they, a practical tool that you would you would say folks can use when they wake up and they go, Oh, I don't want to do this. Woe is me. And how did you on those mornings go, no, I'm gonna go be a champion today. I'm gonna put in my hours. I just, you know, keep your eye on the prize. You have a, you know, just Rip open a Kit Kat for breakfast and a big cup of coffee and give yourself a little jolt and get to work. Did you sit and daydream about winning Olympic gold? Every time I stepped forward on a compulsory figure. You, you Two things that came to mind. One was cool in the gang. Get down on it. <laughs> get down on it. So, you know, when you're when you're tracing eight-foot circles and you've got to be within like a half an inch, each tracing that each pattern that you you you, you got to come back within half got, an inch. But well, first you, you got to draw the perfect circle and then you've got to trace it within a half an inch. And you're thinking, you know, an easy way to do it is just get into a rhythm of doing these figures where you're doing the same thing at the same time, repetition. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing of, ladies and gentlemen, Olympic champion. It's like, okay, get down on it. You know? <laughs> you want to so there's that. always a carrot. I mean, if, if, if someone sets goals, whatever it is, but personally, professionally, um, if you set goals... My goodness, you know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden those you get a little closer and a little closer. But if you never set a goal, it's really hard to to do that. You know, it's just get down on it. Just get down on it. Every time I hear that song, I'm I'm You want to go back to the I'm ice. a little cold. No, I'm <laughs> I I get that little chill. Like I'm back there. I'm right back there wow. where where I just I I get oh I'm just, it's getting better. It's getting better. Every day it's getting a little bit better and and it just gets better. And and as it gets better, it makes you want to do it more better mm -hmm. so you continue you know it's it just it's sort of like a um it's it's almost like one of those moving walkways towards you know your goal and it mm -hmm. and you just keep you just stay on it you just stay on it you just and it's back to that commitment repetition and just showing up every day you know it's its own reward well this episode is all about succeeding it's all about that that climactic or obligatory scene and You've had many of those in many different aspects of your life, overcoming cancer and marrying Tracy, adopting two more beautiful kids. <laughs> but I want to go back to uh, the first time you stood on the podium and heard the national anthem. I mean, wh what was that like? I mean, here's the, it's, it's a point in your career that you probably wondered, is it going to happen? Am I going to be able to do this? And you fought every day. What was it like to, to experience that uh, was it surreal? Do you even remember it? Oh, I remember it. It was, 
it was the most complex um, collection of emotions you can possibly imagine. In one moment, I'm feeling triumph, sadness, relief, guilt, uh, fear, all in one moment. You're standing on a little bit of like a, a four foot by four foot piece of thing that was, you know, yeah. made for the Olympics, right? And you're standing up and you get a medal hung around your neck. And for the 16 years from first steps to the Olympic gold medal, you know, all the, it was very specific that each step takes you to the next place, to the next place, to the next place. And the end of that journey is the Olympic gold medal, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's the end of every competitor's journey. So when you're looking over that podium, it's, it's not just you're feet, a couple feet off the ground and there's ice. It's you're looking over a cliff because everything you've ever been in your life is over in that moment, in that exact moment. And then you're really happy because, you know, a, a dream that you never really responsibly thought could happen is happening. And then you're sad because it's over. The journey is over. And then you're really relieved that you were able to kind of get through all your training showed up at the right time. And then you feel guilty that all the people that made that happen couldn't be standing up there with you. And then the fear of that next step. What happens when I step down from this podium? What's next? Where do I go with this? Mm -hmm. My um, medal uh, lived in a brown paper bag in my, air quotes, sock drawer <laughs> for six years. I never wanted to look at it. It was an anchor. I couldn't, you know, it's like so many people that I'd seen at that Olympic Games would, would be saying, well, I'm the Olympic champion. Aren't I entitled? If, if you put all of your thoughts and emotions on uh, that moment of winning a, the, the big prize of, of having an Olympic gold medal hanging around your neck, that thing's going to strangle you and it's going to stop you from moving forward. Wow. So it, it, I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to make a shrine out of it. I didn't want, I couldn't wait to get rid of it. So when I, when they, um, create in a crazy way inducted me into the halls of fame in Colorado Springs, I just said, you take everything. <laughs> I don't ever want to see it again, wow. but there might be a kid out there that had never, you know, wants to look, see what Olympic gold medal looks like. It benefits him more than it benefits me. Yeah. Well, you've done amazing things after, from cancer research to uh, the, the Scott you. Cares Foundation and, and the shows that you're still doing uh, all over the world. And now, I, I, call me selfish, I think uh, Finish First is going to be I hope awesome. So. You know, it uh, just it seems book. timely, you yeah. know? It, it, it does. I think, uh, well, a lot of us individually are just at a place of, hey, do I, do, everybody, I think, deals with, do I quit or do I keep going? And yeah. to hand somebody a book and say, keep going. I woke up one morning, it was right after the 1980 World Championships after the Olympics in Lake Placid, and I came in fifth, right? So I wake up, I pour myself a cup of coffee, and I realize the gold medalist Robin Cousins turned professional. The silver medalist Jan Hoffman uh, decided to go to medical school. The bronze medalist Charlie Tickner decided to turn professional. All I had to do was wake up one morning and I'm ranked second in the world. <laughs> That's a pretty good cup of coffee. That's a pretty good morning. But all those things, they just happen in business. They happen in everywhere. Mm -hmm. That there, there, there are openings that, that naturally happen because people move in different directions. And but as long as you stay the course, as long as you, as you keep going in the right direction, um, good things will happen. People will fall away and you'll yeah. just find your way your to the top of the podium. chances of succeeding just dramatically increase when you wake up every day and plow your field. Right? That's it. That's awesome. Scott, this has been an unbelievably inspirational interview. Thanks no, for coming on. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Oh, I love that man. 
Um, that was a great interview with Scott Hamilton. And now is the time in our podcast when we are moving into the website review. Yeah, and we do this, JJ, because if you don't have a clear message on your website, you're losing business. And most of the people that come to us are saying things on their website that nobody is really understanding. It's just not clear. And today is an amazing example. How did you so find the, uh, headinthehearthiking.com? Well, we tweeted out and we just asked people to send us um, websites that we could review live on the air. That's what we're going to do today is we're going to review this website live. And we found headinthehearthiking.com. It's a group out of San Diego. And I'm going to let Matt explain it. We're going to get Matt on the phone in just a second. But we're going to help him clarify because we love what they do. Hello. Hey, Matt, this is JJ and Don from the Building a Story Brand podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so uh, we work with adolescents, um, ages about 11 to 17. And uh, we are kind of a psychotherapeutic, holistic-based approach. So we get kids out in nature, and uh, it's kind of a process-oriented group with some psychoeducation mixed in. So we really just try to uh, meet them where, where they're at so they could be going through a tough time socially or behaviorally. Maybe they're going through a difficult transition in life, like a, a, their parents are going through a divorce or they lost a loved one. And um, we really just try to get them to process through that experience in a healthy way. That is killer. Yeah, that's amazing. That that's is so awesome. Great. And so, so, the, so some of the guides leading the hikes, they're also uh, more or less therapists and they're just listening for cues and guiding conversations and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, exactly. So uh, every hike kind of has a theme to it. Um, but then also we realize that kind of the hikes are going to, you know, the, the process of the, of the hike is going to go where it leads us. So we kind of have a plan, but we also know that, you know, stuff happens in life. And so we make adjustments as we go. But all the, um, all the uh, hiking leaders are, they're either in grad school for, uh, to become therapists or they already have their intern number or their license. Well, that, I mean, that just sounds incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. So let me ask you first question as we dive into this. Who are the primary people coming to this site? The parents of these kids? Yeah, so most of my referrals, um, you know, I've got a network of therapists in the region that kind of hand out my business cards. or And so it, it's usually, you know, what I kind of, when I made the website, I was picturing like a mom in her, you know, 40s or 50s who's having some, you know, issues with their, their kids and, um, uh, and kind of are looking for some support. Great. Well, you know, it's such an incredible thing that you're doing here. I think both JJ and I agree. We want this thing to grow. We, w we really want you to be able yeah. to scale up and change the lives of more kids. As we look at your website, we see some common things that a lot of people do wrong, a lot of things, common things a lot of people do right. But I'll tell you this, you've got a great looking website. I mean, it's very yeah. clean. Very simple, very clean, concise. And I would say, JJ, what percentage of people don't even get that right? Yeah, a huge. I'd say half at least. At least do not even. They put way too much on their site, and your site is very simple, clean, and easy to navigate. One thing that we we would see in terms of room for improvement, there's this thing that we talk about in the Story Brand workshops called the curse of knowledge. And basically, it's when you're so close to what you're doing that you project your knowledge onto your customer and assume they know what you're doing. So one huge room for improvement that will make a massive difference in your messaging and your marketing is when we go to your website, we see an image. It looks like a, a photograph of a deck, and it's just four or five boards looking down on a deck with some leaves and a compass, and there's really not any text over the top of that image. JJ and I both feel like you would see an uptick in engagement if you change that image, and we saw a picture of what you do. So we need to see smiley, happy kids hiking in the woods with a counselor because primitively 
the brain, as soon as it sees this image, it's asking, okay, what are they about? And this image says that you build decks or you have some <laughs> sort of farm to table. And you would never know that, except that's exactly what people are thinking. And because there's no text over the image telling us what the image is about or why the image is there, we really get lost right away. And now you're having to take a confused brain that's trying to... The problem with the brain is that as soon as it goes to your website, it's filling in all sorts of gaps, and you can't let that happen. You have to fill in the gaps for the viewer rather than let them fill it in themselves. There can't be any questions. You need to, on that image, you want to have smiling, happy, hiking kids with, uh, with a counselor that's going with them. And then you need to say right off the bat, because based on your image and head and heart hiking, are you selling shoes? Or what do you do? So you need to say right off the bat, this is what we do. So, I mean, uh, you know, words might be, we change teens' lives by taking them on a hike or something like that. It just, it needs to be, we call it being on the nose in the screenwriting world. You need to be on the nose, just change the image. And then we change lives by taking teens on hikes, something that that everybody goes, oh, that's what you do. Yeah. And then the other thing I would say above the fold is what you need a direct call to action. What do you want them to do? I see sign up kind of in the middle at the top of the screen. And I'm assuming that's like if somebody came to your site, that's what you would want them to do. But you're going to want to highlight more than sign up, like go on a hike, something that's a direct call to action and uh -huh. you want it in the upper right corner and you want it big and bright. And then you yep. probably want it again right over the image. Yep. So the three questions that people are asking when they go to a website that they don't even know they're asking, what do you offer? How will it make my life better? And what do I need to do to buy it? And so when I go to your website, I don't really see what you offer. I'm not exactly sure what you want me to do to buy it. And I'm not exactly sure how it's going to make my life better. Here's the great news about this, Matt. This is dirt cheap to fix. Like you don't have to do a whole lot to fix this website and you will see a huge, because you've done so much right already. You've, you've got all the foundational work there. Just a little bit of messaging change is going to go a long, long way. What else do you see, JJ? The next thing I would say is we start scrolling down the page. You have a, a paragraph there that that's where it begins to describe what you do. But to be honest, nobody is really reading that paragraph, I would imagine. You need to get right away into how you make the life better. What are the benefits of them coming to you? What are their pain points that they're dealing with? What are parents struggling with that immediately would cause them to want to click further into this website? It needs to be much more concise than that. Yeah, people scan websites. They don't read them. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a paragraph, uh, nobody's reading that paragraph. But if you have bullet points that say, uh, are your kids restless? Are they looking at their phones too much? Are they not getting outside? Are they well-adjusted to other teens their age? Parents will read that and go, uh, no, 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 no. And they're going to go, I want to send my kid on a hike. And, we, and so bullet points with bold text, not very many words, uh, that's going to do really well for you. Matt, you've got here, you've got the benefits as you scroll down the page of what a kid can get and what can how they can their life can be benefited if they they work with you they can be benefited socially uh physically personally we're going to talk about that in a second how did you come to this point where you just loved seeing kids lives changed what is it about you that you just wanted to see these kids lives changed <laughs> sure so i mean like i would say i was not very socially confident or overly popular when i was in high school and I felt like my life was a lot of computer games and being in my room. And I feel like, you know, as I kind of grew in social confidence through college, 
um, I just, you know, I kind of have a heart for kids who, uh, you know, are going through a rough time in school and, uh, and oh, going through a rough awesome. time socially. I've seen a cool, like healing work being done in my life. I feel like I just want to kind of pour that into, you know, other kids. I feel like I can relate with them, um, on a pretty down to earth level. Our, uh, hikers and, and our hiking leaders, we try to differentiate ourselves from, you know, teachers, um, parents, authority figures pretty quickly and really try to relate with them and what they're going through. And so when I see a kid who struggles with confidence, you know, connect with an adult, you know, an adult male um, who, you know, they may perceive as cool or, or funny, um, you know, I feel like that just does loads for their confidence, for their own self-worth and self-image. And so I just love seeing that, uh, that transaction take place in front of me. It's really cool. That's incredible. I, I love that you're transforming lives. And one of the big thing that people are drawn to is transformation. Everybody wants transformation. And you're definitely doing that. I would love to spell out even further and more clearly how you're transforming lives. You've sort of made an attempt to do that here uh, beneath the fold with these three benefits that you get. Uh, but let's look at that a little bit closer. When you go to the three things you have of how the hike impacts the kids, social, personal, and physical, you probably want to use some different words there. So if you just said, how do you impact kids? If somebody's asking you, how do you impact kids? You could say social, personal, and physical, but really what you want to do is engage in the benefits of your business. So socially, let me just ask you, Matt, when you take a kid on the hike, what is the benefit at the end of the hike for them socially? I mean, making friends. Um, there you go. There Stop you go. right there. So if you said right making, uh, making friends, uh, it's going to be much more enticing than the word social. Mm. Yeah. And then, so give me the same thing. What's the benefit of the hike personally? Confidence building. There you yeah, go. So now we've got making friends and building confidence. I'm yeah. already, see I'm hearing the parents reaching for their phones to call you and <laughs> yeah. sign their kids up. What about physical? Uh, hmm. Um, how would I, how would I rephrase? I that? would just say strength. Staying active. Yes. Yeah, or even just getting active. Getting active. So yeah. making friends, building confidence, staying active. You know, those to a parent and even to a teen, they're looking at that going, wow, I want that. We're social, personal, and physical. Uh, I have to burn too many calories in my brain to figure out what the benefit of that is. We want to do that work for the person coming to our website. And then lastly, because your site is really so simple, changing those few things will be huge. And then one more thing that you're going to want on there in order to get more lead generation, to get more emails, to talk to people and engage the parents in, in the sales cycle is you're going to want a transitional call to action. So what that is, is you want to put something on your site that you can give away to parents in exchange for their email. So five activities to do with your kids or five questions to ask your kids or Five reasons your kid needs to be outside. Yeah, uh -huh. exactly. All Anything that parents would find valuable and also positions you as an expert in this field, value to the customer, positions you as the guide in this area, and then also gets their email. If you can find something that can do that, you're going to get more emails and you're going to be able to sell to those parents because they're strong leads. Thanks so much, Matt, for being on the podcast with us today. I love it. Thanks so much for the feedback, guys. You guys have been a huge help. Well, thank you for listening to this final episode of the first season of the Building a Story Brand podcast. Keep tuning in because we've got a lot more goodness coming your way. If you would like for me to review your website live and in person, 
register for our live workshop in Nashville, Tennessee, you just want to go to storybrand.com. You'll do a two-day process that helps you clarify your message. Then we'll help you execute marketing collateral that will work. And we'll even put your website up on a giant screen in front of everybody there. And we're going to give you tips just like we gave to Matt. Music from this episode is from Andrew Bell's album, Black Bear. We love Andrew Bell. He's a genius. Andrew, thank you for letting us use your music on the podcast. You want to check him out. Again, that album is called Black Bear. Our aim with this podcast is always to help you stand out in a sea of noise by getting crystal clear with your message. If you think you're being confusing to the world, you probably are. Dial in that message and your company will grow. Listen, on behalf of the entire StoryBrand team, thank you for listening. It was a wonderful first season. We can't wait for season two. Thanks for tuning in.